Welcome back to Kind of Funny's Pixar in Review. That's right. We are ranking and reviewing every Pixar movie. As always, I'm Tim Geddes, joined by the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. I mean, Kevin, you might as well just like put me down here, dude. <laughs> like, the, like, come on, man. <laughs> you always adjust your cameras. What do you mean? I had it. I'm not supposed to adjust to this. I adjust it on Twitch streams, like game streaming. Right? It's the big dog, Kevin Koala. You know what I mean? You know what? I'm going to make him small as shit. He's going to be small all episode. Kevin, put put some sort of like costume on him or some sort of like weird thing on him. (laughs) Make him a little rat, Kevin. Make him a rat. Make him a squirrel or a rat. There, there, Rook. Put him on top of Nick's head. Come on. Put him on Nick's head. Rend it to (laughs) it. Oh, what you gonna cook, Nick? <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna cook some French food, I think. Some French food. We yeah. have the producer slash seducer, Nick Scarpino. Top of the morning to everyone. What a movie. Really fun. Can't wait to talk about it. And joining us today, it is Christmas in April. She's in a mood, Joey Noel. Um, what is this mood? I don't know. It was just a weird mood. I had weird stories for everyone. I don't know. Just Andy. everything's off, but in a good way. Andy, can you please uh, explain to the audience the story that Joey told us right before this started? I, I there were several Tim, but the she Tumblr did, one, the Tumblr she did, was the one. She did say, "Oh, and by the way, I got this brand new Tumblr. Look at it; it's really cute. It's black. It's got a bunch of gold stars." My favorite color. I decided color. I sparkly. needed to drink more water, and there's Diet Coke in here. <laughs> <laughs> and it was full seriousness. I was like, "That's not where I thought the story was going." Okay. Yeah, there was no, cannonball, Joe. Cannonball. <laughs> Why mention the water <laughs> at all? Because uh, I had is... intentions, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. One day, one day. This is kind of funny. It's in review. We do it twice a week on YouTube.com slash kind of funny and roosterteeth.com as videos. If you want the podcast version, search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny in review. If you want to get the show ad free and watch live as we record it, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash kind of funny. I swear to God, guys, when I start doing intros, I just zone Black out. out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I just have the info because like as I was saying that I had so a moment I where, where I thought about it. And I'm just like. How do I even know what I'm saying? This is freaking crazy. Anyways, I, just, I don't. Whenever I whenever I host a podcast, I'm like, this will go up at some point, and I think you can back us over here. I'm not sure. Is it kind well, of like always, when you realize I, that you act, you're breathing, and you're like, mm-hmm. how am I just breathing, exactly. and how is this happening? Exactly. <laughs> Tim, up, I was Cam? always I was always so terrified every single time, right to the last screencast. Terrified. <laughs> terrified uh well thank you so much to our patreon producers the nanobiologist and tom bach for helping keeping kevin terrified i love it so very much today we're brought to you by hbo max but i'll tell you all about that later for now let's get right into it ratatouille which i like calling ratatouille just because it's funner to say that way that way too so hard to spell and you brought that up and man i've had i had to write it down a whole bunch of times for this and never spelled it right once um so there's that you'll never get it wrong ever again now though Ah, it's not true. Oh. <laughs> That's just that was Odyssey. Mario Odyssey taught me how to spell Odyssey, but Ratatouille, uh. mm-mm, mm-mm. a runtime of one hour and fifty-one minutes, released on June 29th, my birthday eve, two thousand seven. This is the first Disney Pixar movie to be produced by Disney after they bought Pixar for seven point four billion dollars. Uh, it's the first birthday Pixar film eve, not huh? to be released on VHS. June 29th, my birthday eve. Sure, sure. Coming again, <laughs> birthday eve. 
No, it's just one of those I, things. I, I celebrate like, my real birthday. Thing. I get to open. I get to open a half present on my birthday. It's your last day. <laughs> your last day of being the other age. Yeah. Right. June twenty. Well, June twenty. Pretend it's a thing, then. Yeah, you gotta celebrate, guys. Week. That's three. I, that's five I months after my birthday. At birthday least five best Joey. friends out there to congratulate me. <laughs> on my birthday, me <laughs> on my birthday <laughs> eve. You know what? I'm gonna go out. I'm gonna go on a limb and say we're only gonna congratulate you on your birthday eve. Now Thank you're you. never getting a happy birthday no ever happy again. Birthday. It's gonna be a happy birthday that. eve. Absolutely perfect. Uh, this was the first Pixar film not to be released on VHS. Uh, it was directed and written by Brad Bird, who we know from The Iron Giant and mm-hmm. Incredibles One and Two, and Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Uh, the music was by Nick's favorite, Michael Giacchino. Ain't that right? Sure. Oh yes. I mean, I don't know if that's how you say his last name. I can never remember. It, but it's the music be. in this it's is no fucking yeah, great. It, for sure. <laughs> Uh, who is known for the Star Trek reboot score, Spider-Man MCU score, Speed Racer score, eh? uh, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Up, Cars 2, Inside Out, Coco, and Incredibles 2. So a lot of Pixar stuff. But uh, this was his first ever Academy Award nomination for Best Original Score, as well as his first Grammy Award for Best Score and Soundtrack Album. Uh, the movie had a budget of $150 million uh, for the box office. In its opening weekend in North America, Ratatouille opened in 3,940 theaters and debuted at number one with $47 million, making it the lowest Pixar opening since A Bug's Life. However, in France, where the film is set, the film broke the record for the biggest debut for an animated wow. film and dethroned Titanic for the most consecutive weeks at the top of the box office. Good for uh, and it ended up at a... Astounding, $620.7 million, which made it one of the higher grossing Pixar movies. Fun stuff. No, it's uh, for the We're going to figure it out right now. I'm sorry. It is Michael Giacchino. Ah, Giacchino. Michael Giacchino. Yeah, I'm sorry. The CCH is a key. Well, thank you. There you go. There we go. And I, I'll, I, I've had a woman say it to me slow. Now I'm going to do fast. See what it sounds like. Same. It's the same. It's the same fast and slow. <laughs> uh, this movie held the most Oscar nods for a computer animated movie with a total of five nominations. Uh, Ratatouille won the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature and was nominated for four others. Best Original Score, Best Sound Editing, and Best Sound Mixing. A fun stat for you because you know I love to do these. Uh, Remy has 1.15 million hairs rendered, whereas Colette has 115,000 hairs rendered. An average person has 110,000. So that's one hairy rat. Ain't wow. that right, Andy? That's a hairy ass rat. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, he's got a head of hair everywhere. Yeah. Oh, on his yeah. whole body. Yeah. Very good point. So, very, very good. You really point. just put things into perspective. This is my fourth piece of content I'm recording today, guys. So this is where, this is where we're at. Let's Joey, get, where are you at? What do you think about Ratatouille? I loved it. Patton Oswalt I, is just a joy to watch. Um, I think that the setting's really fun. The only thing that I don't really care about that much is the Remy and his like family kind of stuff. Like all the stuff with his dad is kind of a weak point for me. But the relationship that he has with his brother I think, is some of like the dumbest and funniest lines that I just laugh at every single time. Um, and I think it has like a pretty good story about like the things that you are like supposed to do versus the things that you feel passionate about and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed it. This is one that I feel like I put on in the background fairly often, kind of up there with like Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo. Kev? Uh, I really enjoyed it. I, I haven't seen this one in a long, long time, probably since theaters and uh, watching it. I was just like, man, I, I so much of it I had forgotten that it felt like watching a new movie 
Like, I mean, I still know the big plot points, but it was like so many things would happen, and I'd be like, "Look at that!" You know, that's like wow. that's, cool that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like when uh, you know the the human goes <laughs> and is a douchebag, I was like devastated, and it's like I felt these feelings before, but it was so Pixar so good at making these things like you know multi-dimensional. Yeah. yeah, everything. There's so much going on, and um, yeah, I I thought it was a lot of fun. Shocked, Nick. Uh, this was this is such an interesting one for me because originally when it came out in theaters, I think I didn't see it. I was like, I, this doesn't look like something that's that's my cup of tea. Um, and on paper, I really think this movie shouldn't work, but it just works so well. And I remember thinking, I think I rented it. Actually, I think I watched it for the first time with D back in the day. Uh, we rented it from like a blockbuster or something and watched it. I was like, wow, that was a really, really, really good movie. Like really poignantly well done and very, very creative. But there's a moment in it where you're like, I'm watching rats cook and this shouldn't work. This is just that it just speaks to the magic of Pixar that they can actually combine those two elements and, and have there be a good story. Cap? Uh, there is one thing that I forgot to mention. The ending kind of bums me out. Like I love the, it. Them losing the like the restaurant and. I like it though because it's not his it's not no gusto is not there it's not theirs he has to make his own thing and literally his own gusto thing becomes... is like his little ghost friend but it's he a, and I he's like that, the father I, of the other kid but sure i'm sure um i'm sure tim will um ha- get into the pixar theory with this but um did you guys know that that at the very very beginning remy eats a bad piece of cheese and that's what causes the gusto hallucination throughout the entire movie i made that wow. up I made wow. that up just now. Shocker! I know, Andy. I fucking <laughs> got you. I, fucking I really got you. enjoyed that. Though. That was good. I, I enjoyed. Good. I enjoyed that ending twist. I would have preferred for it to be the cut to black and white with music playing. Like Remy went on to do this. <laughs> like, yeah. That would have been funny as well. Um, I I enjoyed the movie. This is my first time watching it completely front to back, as opposed to just absorbing the scenes a lot when they're on at a friend's house or whatever. Like I'd, I've very familiar with a lot of what happens in this movie. Um, but first time sitting down front to back, enjoyed the hell out of it. I love the themes, you know, anyone can cook. You don't have to do what you're sort of, you aren't where you came from sort of thing. You know, you could become more than that. I think that's really neat. Um, the, the humor didn't do a whole lot for me. I'd say this was probably the least I've laughed throughout any of the Pixar movies. Still some good chuckles here and there though. Um, I love, I love the villain. I love Ego. He's, he barely comes out, but he's so necessary when he is mm-hmm. there. I love, um, I don't know, I just love the animation. Like, it, when it comes to just visuals, this is absolutely gorgeous, and it's just going to keep on getting better because this movie is over 10 years, 14 years old. Or how old is this movie? Uh, 2006, right? 2007. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fucking 14 years old. That's absolutely wild. So they're just going to keep on getting prettier and prettier, and I'm super stoked for that. Um, I would have liked for a bit more of the visualizing how the food tastes. I really enjoyed those little small sequences yeah, those of like, cool. <laughs> here's what the sour tastes like. I thought that was going to be a motif that they play through, play with throughout the whole movie. Uh, I was hoping for a little bit more than that. And I could have used a tiny bit more of humans are really, really evil. Stay away from them towards the beginning. That way, when Remy runs back into his brother, me as the viewer is like, oh fuck like the rats are around they're gonna like see what remy's kind of become this isn't good as opposed to to like oh his brother's here oh you gotta come see the whole family and to me i'm just thinking oh they're just gonna catch up now as opposed to 
I should be worried that they're like, you're doing what? You're with humans? No, 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 no. We don't fucking do that, man. You know, like I wanted a bit more drain it into the head of Remy. Um, but I guess you do have to see rats hanging towards the end of, yeah. or towards the middle of the movie. Um, now, I, enjoyed, Andy, I enjoyed the hell out of it. What's up? Was that weird to you? The rats hanging? Uh, were, you, of, were you kind of like, there's no place that would fucking do that? Yeah. Because I was. Yeah. It's real. It's a real place. Of course, dude. They're hardcore. Can you believe fans. that? Wait. The window shop displaying dead rats actually exists. It's the window of Destruction de Anima Nusibis. I totally said that right. An exterminator established since 1872, located uh, in 8 Rue des Heis in the first... There's a lot of words I'm not going to say here, but yeah, it's a real place. Wow, I didn't expect <laughs> like, a burial sacrifice ground for rats. That's absolutely right? wild. What <laughs> That's the hell? scary. That's terrifying. <laughs> well, I mean, what a perfect sort of, you know, uh, a perfect moment for Pixar to be like, we could set this cooking movie in france oh and by the, the way they place. got a fucking <laughs> we were gonna make the movie about i don't know wombats but this rat's place is they got the rats yeah wombats uh, this was also my first time first time ever seeing uh this movie and uh it continues the the line of these pixar movies just being completely phenomenal and they're so good and ranking them it almost feels silly because they're just any day of the week, one could be a favorite. One it's could preference. Not. What made you totally. laugh more? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Having said that, I am I am finding something that the Brad Bird directed and written movies, Incredibles, and this uh, totally work. And I think that that's kind of their their the biggest strength is that they work so well from beginning to end, where everything adds up and perfectly is just <coughs> getting to that destination. But they they kind of lack something that I'm looking for personally from the movies, which is kind of the connections from multiple plot lines all coming together to serve a bigger purpose which i we got a lot of in the earlier pixar movies toy story bugs life a little less bugs life but uh toy story monsters inc finding nemo for sure all of that was really true for me um but i was definitely definitely impressed and love the characters love the 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 way that they showed the few the food like andy was talking about and i, I just thought that it was a, a very creative thing and while i agree with andy that it was never like it wasn't the funniest Pixar movie. I think they did a good job of kind of. I was still doing... smiling, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it, it, it didn't need to be funny. It was just kind of like it was endearing. Like I was yeah, very, pleasant. very endeared by the whole thing. And and I, I liked the way that they made the food a character without being too heavy handed about it. Like it it made me feel like it was actually made by people that really care about food. Like not just the yeah. way they made it, but the way they reviewed it. Like the every aspect of what goes into, you know, food uh, and, and the way that like Paris makes food, I think that they did, did a good job of making that matter just as much as the, the rats and the Gusteau storyline. I mean, there's that one beautiful moment where he goes up and sees Paris for the first time and you're just like, ah, oh, that's yeah. what this movie's about, right? The romance of this whole, just, just the vibe and the romance of the, of Paris and the food and the wine and all that stuff. And I like, I don't know. I, I watching this movie. This might be the third or fourth time I've seen it, and <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid as shit. But I love doing these reviews because it makes me think about who's voicing each character and what individual talents they bring to it. I had no idea Will Arnett was in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. zero. He is? he's so good. Yeah, he's yeah. The... He plays Horst, the guy that killed yeah. someone with a thumb. He's <laughs> hilarious, right? Um, and, and I'll agree too. I don't. I don't think. I don't think this movie is funny so much as it is charming and i think it's i think that's kind of what they were setting out to be um but you know it's 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 to me it kind of hits on that same monsters inc if you took billy crystal out of it you know 
Hmm. Interesting. But uh, but I but I like this movie a lot. Before we get to the the plot, I want to read you a couple facts here, um, all involving rats. Uh, pet rats were kept at the studio in the hallway for more than a year so that the animators could study the movement of their fur, noses, ears, paws, and tails. Cool. So there's that. Uh, but that's caused a bit of a problem. Marketing tie-ins proved to be problematic for this movie as no food product company wanted to be associated with a rat. No. <laughs> yeah, so, see, that's there's that. That's- yeah. Part, yeah. But sales of pet rats shot up dramatically after the film's <laughs> release. Wow. So, so you know what? Certain There's always markets. an upside. Certain markets are really affected. One of the rats actually from the movie is the one that Jared Leto mailed. Um, what's oh. her face? Yeah. Uh, Margot oh, Robbie in, in the Suicide Squad. Clever. Please tell us the story. Yeah, Nick, tell us the story. Rat Tattooey, as Tim likes Thank to you. call it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> anyone can cook. And if you don't believe me, just keep watching because we're going to tell you about 55 more times <laughs> that anyone <laughs> can cook, Tim. Uh, of course, we get this. This is by Chef Gusto. Uh, but we also get introduced to Anton Ego, who was a food critic, critic also known as the Grim Eater. Uh, he disagrees. He does not like Gusto's methodology at all. They are diametrically opposed when it comes to their ideals of what good cooking is. Uh, we open on a quiet little house. Uh, I like to think uh, in, in the south of France, somewhere in a farmhouse. Probably not south of France. I, I don't know where Paris is. I need to see a prequel between Ego and Gusto. Oh, I need dude. to see them mm. warring as as teenagers, maybe story. young twenty year olds. Mm-hmm. I also Did need to Gusto see Gusto kill himself. Uh, I th- I don't think so. I don't so. think so. Okay. I think he just we'll like, died of a broken heart. But here's the problem, Mandy. What are we going to name it? Because Ratatouille writes uh, itself. But what what's the prequel? Anyone can cook yeah. is the prequel, Tim. That's what it's yeah. going to be called. Or I'm Got just it. anyone just can cook. Just Tim. I'm just a cook. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone can cook. Thank you. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I like that. That's really good. Uh, we open on a quaint little farmhouse in France where Remy is uh, running out of a window with the cookbook anyone we don't know what it's called yet but we're gonna slowly be sure but surely be spoon fed that it's anyone who cook but he has problems He's like look I got problems first I'm a rat which means life is hard second he has a highly developed sense of smell. Uh, Remy's brother is a complete idiot, and his dad hates him until he realizes that his sense of smell can actually benefit the colony because he can sense and smell rat poisoning. So he becomes the resident sniffer, which is not the lot that Remy has uh, carved out for himself in life in his mind. Uh, but Remy dream, he dreams about a better life. If you are what you eat, I only want to eat the good stuff, he says. Uh, but then his dad's like, listen, we're thieves, man. We go steal food. He's like, well, if we're going to steal food, why not steal the good stuff in the kitchen? By the way, I, it was... This movie, this was probably the first watch where I realized this whole thing is like a fun little setup for them actually living in the attic. I never realized that before. Anyway, um, we'll get to that in a second. No speech or spoilers, Tim. Yeah, don't, don't anyone shit, Tim. Show can percent. cook. Anyone. Uh, but Remy doesn't hate humans. He <laughs> admires them for what they do uh, with food. He sneaks into the kitchen and watches Chef Gusto on TV, which gives him an awakening of sorts. Uh, his brother Emil is the only one he trusts. When he finds a mushroom and cheese, he decides to forego putting it on the pile of food. Instead, he's like, let's go to the chimney, uh, which ends up with them getting hit by lightning, uh, which is a funny little scene with all their furs going all crazy. But it cooks the cheese to the mushroom, and it's really, really good. But what it really needs is just a little bit 
of saffron, which is in the kitchen. Of course, they head into the kitchen while the others sleep, uh, while the owner sleeps, excuse me, and Remy sees Gusto, uh, Chef Gusto. I keep, I, I typed it Gusto for the first half of this, like mucho gusto or like, <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> if I, mean, uh, I feel like it's close <clears throat> enough. If you just kept calling him Gusto, you know, we wouldn't. I don't know. know. You know what's gusto. funny is I, I, I Italianized it for some reason, and I'm not sure. quite sure why. But then I, I think all, all the time. it's just the way it goes. And then I looked yeah. at the spelling of it. I was like, oh, no, it's Gusto. We'll say it like that. I'll try. I'll try. And also, uh, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but Gusto's um, dad died. Uh, and it turns out it wasn't his dad. It was his great, 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 great aunt's cousin. <laughs> so we're going to bring that back. In the last <laughs> movie, you didn't understand. Right. So you just kept getting upset <laughs> at yourself and making a joke at it. <laughs> it's so good. Useless. Is this Completely. a Cars joke that I just no, told you? No, it was in Mortal Kombat. No, in Mortal Kombat, he thought like, someone was like 500 years about. old. Yeah. No, Got I thought it. someone was like not 500 years old. I thought they were like, yes. it doesn't matter. Uh, go watch that review. It's really good. Also, <laughs> if you haven't watched the new Mortal Kombat, it was pretty good. Uh, anyway, he sees Chef Gusto talk basically directly to him on TV. He says, you must not let anyone define your limits because of where you come from. Anyone can cook, but only the fearless <laughs> can be great. It's going to make me laugh every time. I swear to God. Because they I mean, do say it in excessive Guess what, man? Movie. You're going to laugh a lot. Because I swear to God, if you do a find, in, a find in this document, anyone could cook. There's 40 references <laughs> to it. I shit you not. Uh, but it didn't turn out so well for old Chef Gusto. After a scathing review from Anton Eagle, he lost one of his five stars. And then he died. Which, for some reason, loses automatically loses him another star. Which seems really fucked up. But I kind of get yeah. it. Because if the chef's dead... You know, you got to start from scratch. Uh, Remy is so caught up in the program that he fails to notice that the old woman who owns the house has uh, woken up and she comes at him kind of with the wrong side of a shotgun here, bro. Uh, Emil and uh, Remy barely escape into the ceiling, but the old lady shotgun blasts have weakened its structure. And a second later, the whole thing comes down, revealing the entire rat colony uh, living above her. And she this is terrifying to me. I know these rats are supposed to be cute, but seeing any... I would say, Kevin, what do you think? Any more than three rats, unacceptable. I mean, here's situation. the thing. Like, there's a lot of shots in this movie where they're treating humans like assholes. But, like, the fact is you see one rat, like, yeah, you, like, you, you know, kill it's, it, right? it's it, you, you're you know, there's, kill there's it never only one. You fucking yeah. run out of the house, right? Yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah. those are the two. You, you're jumping on a table or you're trying to get a knife to throw at it. Those are the two mm -hmm. the reactions that happens. And it's like, I get it. They're here to steal my shit. I won't have my shit stolen. Get a flame throw. Right, Tim? I never had I never really had that reaction of putting myself in the situation and being like, damn, there's so many rats. I'm scared right now. Until the very, very end of the movie where he finds out that Remy sort of like broke in and they were stealing food. And then he opens the back kind of storage and they're all there and they all just zoom out. That's I would have just fucking freaked out. Oh my god! Like, oh shit! No like I would have like stepped on him. But Raymond, I'm killing your family. I'm, I'm yeah, sorry. I'm killing. I'm killing I'm at least a couple cousins, <laughs> maybe a couple distant cousins. Uh, anyway, he uh, steals Gusto's cookbook and heads to the river to escape with the rest of the colony. But uh, he gets lost in the sewer system and ends up alone and defeated. Lost and starving, he starts hallucinating that Chef Gusto's illustration in the book comes alive and tells him to stop dwelling in the past, or he might miss all the great opportunities in front of him. And he's like, "No, dude, I am alone." And I'm hungry. 
Uh, but he's like, food comes to those who's, who are good or whatever. He says some weird, weird <laughs> shit that he says here. That I didn't write that. And you're like, what? Oh, that's this next part. Anyway, he heads out from the sewers uh, to steal some bread. But once again, Chef Cousteau stops him. He's like, you are better than that. A cook makes, a thief takes. And he's like, well... Okay, uh, great scene where he runs through the ceiling and sees all of the apartments below, and there's that little French couple fighting, and they're about to like kill each other, and then they stop and they start making out. She I'm has like, a ah, gun, Perry. Right? Yeah, she, she has a gun. Out. She shoots a hole right next to him, and then they start making it out. Terrifying. Yeah. So hot. Nothing hotter than almost dying. Uh, I think there's also a moment in the apartment before that where someone's voice sounds a lot like Edna from Incredibles, and I'm not sure if Brad Bird did that or not, but I just caught I didn't see that in the I did moment. But... Oh, okay. What I did see, I, I think, in this is that you see a little a dog shadow, and it looks like Doug from Up. Yep. Is that the, is that the yeah. next one? No, that's a couple. It, uh, I think that's way later. Wally's next. Wally's next. And then up. But Doug Wally. just has such a specific shape. I was like, oh, this is so fun. Uh, and then, of course, curiosity gets. Uh, excuse me. Uh, so he ends up climbing all the way up to the ceiling, all the way up to the roof, where he finally pops out. And what does he see? The city lights of Paris. And also Chef Gusto's restaurant, which is right next door. Uh, Curiosity, of course, gets the better of him. So he heads over to take a look. And we get introduced to the whole crew uh, in the dining, uh, excuse me, in the kitchen, including Colette Skinner and Alfredo Linguini, Renata's little boy, who happens to be Gusto's old flame. Uh, he gives Skinner a note from his mother, mother and tells him... Uh, uh, but he told me he gets told to beat it. Um, but LaRousse Laras, I can't say this guy's name, has already hired him as the garbage boy. So Skinner's like, fine, he can be the garbage boy. Gusto and Remy look around the kitchen, uh, and, and Gusto quizzes him on all the positions of the kitchen. I like this little scene because it looks like Remy's been studying. So he's like, he is the, the sous chef, he is this, he is this. And then they get to Linguini, of course, and he's like, oh no, he's only like, uh, I forget the word he says in French. But he's like le toilette or like uh, whatever the fucking whatever the garbage like boy is, or, yeah, yeah <laughs> something like that. Uh, and he doesn't, and, and he totally writes him off. But Tim, mm. literally, anyone can cook, mm. so don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, don't ever forget. I, didn't, I won't. Don't I promise. Fight. It sounded like one of you was gonna forget it. Nick, um, I wasn't me. I probably wasn't me. <laughs> Don't right. fucking forget it. Don't you forget it. Uh, Remy spots him accidentally rooting the soup, and before he knows it, he's fallen into the kitchen and has to dodge a gauntlet of dangers before he can escape through an open window. I love any time he has to do stuff in the kitchen. I just think it's so cool. It's obviously where we were in it with his perspective the entire time and seeing him run around and navigate all the stuff. Uh, he gets put in the oven at one point and has to run out. Which is uh, which is super cool, uh, and of course, as he gets to the open window, the smell of the soup stops him dead in his tracks. He almost throws up in his mouth. So he decides, listen, I'm just going to throw a couple ingredients in there, help it out a little bit, and then I'm going to go to the open window. But Gusto once again appears and says, "Look, you can fix this. What are you waiting for? You know how to fix it. This is your chance. You're ready for this." And we get a wonderful scene where he just gets caught up in the moment and starts throwing all the ingredients in, which ends with, as he stops, he looks over and he sees Linguini looking right at him, <laughs> freaking out, and then traps him in a colander. And, of course, Skinner spots this whole thing happening and freaks out, uh, but the bowl of soup, unfortunately, has accidentally slipped by and makes its way to a guest who flips because she loves it very, very much. Uh, Colette has a taste and is surprised. It turns out the guest wasn't just a guest, guys. She was a critic, and she liked the soup, which is now putting Linguini on the map. Skinner, uh, And just really quick, that sequence earlier of Remy sort of panicking and running through all the kitchen, that inspired the 4D kind of VR ride that they have in Paris Disneyland, where you're super tiny and you're being 
just on, you're on one of those trackless carts and you're supposed to be like a little tiny rat looking up at like the giant world or whatever. Yeah. And I got to imagine that's the scariest ride ever. Like, <laughs> that sounds so terrifying. Uh, of course, Skinner's. Do you guys re- recognize Skinner's voice? Because I didn't. I just looked it up right now and it was like, oh, he's so cool. Is it's, it uh, Ian, Ian Holm? Holm? No. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, is, I yeah. He's doing a really good French accent. Really good. Like, there was no recognizing it. Because uh, that's the. Ian Holm wow. was the scary robot and alien. Well, oh, he's in Lord of the Rings, yeah. right? Yeah, he's also yeah. Bilbo Baggins. That's Back to the, the future. One yeah. right? or not oh, I'm future, sorry. Sorry, sorry. I, know, uh, I, I decided to Fifth Element. Yeah, I decided to, to list Here a very popular movie Him uh, that people have seen in theaters. Not well, Lord of despite Rings. that, Andy uh, or Nick, his his appearance in Lord of the Rings is what got him this role because oh, Brad Bird okay. saw it and was just like, <laughs> I want that. <laughs> I know. I don't. You know what, Tim? I'm gonna. I'm. That's a made I'm gonna look fact. that piece That's of trivia up. That's a made, That's a made fact. fact. It's not. Sure. It's real. If, if you look at it and it says the person that wrote that fact is a Cortez, then we'll know that it's <laughs> totally made anyone up. Can cook. Anyone, anyone can cook. fucking cook. <laughs> uh, of course, Skinner still wants to fire Linguini, but Colette stands up for him and she says, "How can we represent Gusto if we don't uphold his most cherished of values, Tim? For the one hundredth time already, <laughs> fucking anyone <laughs> can cook." Skinner's like, I'm you're right. Of course, uh, Skinner makes Linguini uh, collect responsibility. He gives Linguini an order. You will make that soup again, and this time I will watch. But before he can get uh, really fired up, Skinner spots Remy and freaks out. Linguini catches him in a jar, so Skinner tells him to dispose of, it, uh, of the rat, which Linguini takes to mean ride all the way out to the river and drown it slowly. I'd have been like, okay, well, first just take it out back and hit it over the head with a fucking tack hammer or something like that. You don't got to go all the way to the river. And while it's, it's drowning, look it in the eyes and yeah. tell it then anybody can cook. Anyone? Hey, little buddy, know. I'm sorry. Linguini doesn't cook. strike me as a human being that can murder a tiny animal. He's not I that. I feel like he was going a, for the path of least uh, involvement in the death. Yeah, that's true. That's very Wait, true. Re- re- really quick, I just want to pull up what a tack hammer looks like for anyone that doesn't know what a tack hammer looks like. Give me one Does anybody here. know what a tack hammer looks like? Anybody uh, yeah. Can cook, yeah, yeah, that's anybody why it's can scary. Cook. It's, a, it's perfect for the, killing rats. Jesus! <laughs> you know, it's a tack <laughs> hammer. Nick, <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't like this. This is terrifying. I mean, it's a precision instrument, right? You gotta kill sure, rats, they got tiny sure. little heads. You want them to explode? What are you gonna do? Uh, of course, Linguini can't do it. He talks to Remy, who can understand him. And he's like, holy shit, I can't cook. You can understand him. This is crazy. I can't cook, can I? Uh, and he's and Remy's like, no. But he goes, but you can, right? And he's like, yeah, I can cook. And then for the 900th time, anyone can fucking cook. And he's like, damn, man, I guess he was right. Even rats can cook. And this is a little bit of a leap of logic here, but you know what? We're in Paris and the lights are Remember so also, romantic. I'm just going to believe it. Remy can read, you know? Yeah, he's doing a lot of fun stuff. All of Which the like I, the break in like normal like animal activity because they talk about it here when he's uh, like you can understand me and they talk about it with the brother mm-hmm. like why are you walking like that and you yeah. can read are like some of my favorite dumb little parts of this movie. I don't know why they like hit so well, but they made what, me chuckle. What I thought was really odd is that he reads English, mm-hmm. like you know, because like yeah. they're in France. Anybody yeah. can read it? Yeah, you know, they're also well, supposed to read. <laughs> anyone can read Andy. That's a fucking good point, <laughs> Kevin. Shut read. up. <laughs> I, I will say it doesn't matter a, where you came from. <laughs> there's a great moment earlier that I forgot to note. 
but it gets me every single time where the old lady in the farmhouse is like was blowing holes in the fucking wall and oh like God. Emil's hanging off the thing and Remy's like Emil get up like quick and then when it cuts to her perspective he's like squeeze 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really funny it reminds really me good. of uh, the, the oh, funny moments in Atman where they mm-hmm. zoom out and sort of show the what the train. action is really the like yeah, just yeah. Like, it's really quiet sort of thing um, yeah for, for, as far as we know through all of our in review rankings right through the, the since the entirety in the beginning of in review forget everything you know anyone can cook all right remember that words to live by <laughs> I, I, all, all i'm saying is just it would have been such a small minor detail to make the books in french which would make more sense but they're all in english yeah but then wouldn't it be weird that he can read french but he's talking speaking speaking in english yeah but i I assume that's like movie magic where it's like they're speaking in french but we hear it in english no they're all speaking speaking english remy's speaking english dude remy is not a french and all these characters are in france paris speaking english to each other yeah Mm -hmm. i think i think the rats don't know where they are so they just pick up whatever language they can pick up from popular television shows because there's I nothing think, more popular than american tv because if not uh kev i feel like remy or not remy sorry um i keep saying remy i meant to say linguini um oh, linguini should just fucking cincinnati or wherever andy was making fun of earlier on the <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, yeah the invisible review because linguini Kansas City, sorry, that's without an accent i feel like he doesn't know french he's the, they gotta speak english to him you know uh, this kid's a moron yeah. anyway linguini gets a great idea because i can't cook I, I apologies to people from cincinnati that was just a callback to andy making reference Anyone to how horrible kansas, human though, beings fuck you are you, you know yeah we do still wow. hate kansas though apparently. just really burning everything down just it's, i mean again blame greg it's it's not my fault. Uh, let's see. Linguini gets a great idea. I can't cook, but you can. Do you think you can make it again? And then Remy nods. So Linguini lets him out, and he just immediately bolts. But as he looks back, he sees a broken, desperate idiot who will probably accidentally drown himself before the night's over. So he heads back. And it's incredibly sweet. I like this moment yeah. a lot. Because yeah, he yeah, just yeah. looks over, and he sees a little pitter patter of, of Remy come out. And then he, they look at each other, and he realizes we're going to make a good team. Uh, so Linguini takes Remy home. And the little chef spends the whole night gazing out over the lights at the Eiffel Tower. I the love that he morning, calls him little chef. I know. So little so chef. Cute. So cute. Uh, the next morning, of course, Lini wakes up and he can't spot Remy anywhere. And he just he thinks he's gone. So he freaks out. He's like, how could I be so trustworthy? And then it turns out the little rat has been hard at work uh, making him breakfast. So but, cute. <laughs> I know. He's like a tiny little, tiny little omelet yeah, for himself. For him to just turn the corner and just see like, yeah, what's up? Doc? <laughs> yeah, good morning. And it's not like Remy was mad at him for talking shit or whatever. He's just like, look at that. Look what I did. Yeah. I yeah. did the thing. Uh, of course, Linguini is mad because Remy stole. And that's another one of those through lines where he's all oh, don't steal those spices from the neighbor's garden. I'll go buy some later. But for now, it's time to head to work at the restaurant. Colette uh, is reading the wait, wait, first wait, positive. Re- mm-hmm. Pissed me off so much that like uh, Remy grab or no uh, Linguini grabs Linguini. Remy and it's like we gotta go and like Remy doesn't get a chance to finish this fucking annoying omelet. He can't even take it's a so single annoying. bite. Come on, man. They're Come late, on. man. They're late. You don't understand how it is to work in these these high end French restaurants. They expect results. No, neither they do want you, you, Nick. On neither do time. <laughs> I worked at a I worked at a Bertolini's, which they made us wear colorful vests. That's Bertolini. as fine dining as I got. Did it have flair like on it? Gnocchi. It did have flair on it. We did have a little bit of flair. Did anyone call you Little Chef? 
No, because I was uh, I smoked a ton of cigarettes and ate all the gelato, so they, uh, no one was calling me little at all. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. They head off where they find Colette reading the first positive review uh, the restaurant's gotten in a really, really long time from that critic that ate the soup. Uh, when Linguini and Remy finally uh, work up the courage to enter, Skinner says, welcome to hell. Now recreate the soup. But Linguini and Remy, uh, Remy don't quite mix. They need to work out their system. Uh, Skinner catches Linguini in the walk-in and almost spots Remy, who instead hides in Linguini's hat. Uh, but when they walk out of the walk-in, Linguini almost gets his head cut off by a waiter's tray. So Remy pulls his hair and steers him, and they discover this amazing, cool thing where he can be controlled by the hair on the top of his head. Another leap in logic that otherwise wouldn't work. I don't think in a, in, a, in an inferior story, but it works here. Yeah, everybody always makes a joke that it's a kaiju movie. It is a movie, actually. That's so funny. That's hilarious. Uh, later that night, a mech they pro- movie. Well, I'm, a mech, hey, mech versus mean. kaiju. Yeah, yeah. like they, yeah, they mean, when they say kaiju, they mean like uh, Pacific Rim, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah that's a terrible movie, right? Yeah, there was two of them at least, but there was yeah, two. they were both trash. They were great. Yeah, mecha. Anyone say can cook. Anyone can make anyone can make Pacific Rim. Anyway, uh, that later that night they practice blindfolded. It doesn't go so well, but eventually they get the swing of things. Uh, but not before a few pans go out the window. This is another one of those moments that make me laugh out loud because the pan goes out the window. You hear cars crash down below, and like when he starts to lift this blind the blindfold, and Remy just pushes it right back down. He's like, "You don't want to see what we just did, bro. Let's yeah, just keep yeah. going." I really uh, like this man. Uh, this montage. I thought it was yeah, it's so really much creative. fun, and like, yeah, the the them. Working together to figure out like how to have him control him, I thought that was really cool. Uh, I did think it was weird that the uh, uh, Skinner gave him a week to make the soup. That seems like hell? absurd. A long time to make soup. Yeah, yeah, I didn't catch that, but maybe he's just like I want to perfect it. I don't know, man, Skinner. We don't, I don't know, know what he's thinking. You know, he's, nobody knows he's what he's crazy thinking. Crazy leader, yeah. I uh, wait interested. to find out what he's thinking until I tell you about our sponsors. This episode of the Kind of Funny Podcast is brought to you by HBO Max. Can you believe it's been a whole 10 years since we first stepped foot in Westeros? Yes, Game of Thrones is 10 years old. But even more bonkers is that it's been 26 years since Sub-Zero, Scorpion, and Raiden threw down and competed to save the world. Yeah, Mortal Kombat is old enough to rent a car. Why am I talking about both? Well, if you love Game of Thrones and action slash fantasy slash adventure, you're going to want to see Mortal Kombat in theaters and on the streaming service screen right now, baby. April 23rd, Sub-Zero hunts down Cole Young, an MMA fighter. Dude, what would you do if Sub-Zero was on the hunt for you? I'd 100% freeze up. Yeah, you got it. No, no, that's a lie. I would finish him. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know, uh, Mortal Kombat, Game of Thrones, it's all happening right now, and you can go get it on HBO Max. Uh, I use HBO Max all the time. Uh, Actually, in the post show over on Patreon, we're talking about a whole bunch of HBO Max stuff, but I digress and won't do that now. So let's get back to Mortal Kombat. Will there be fatalities? Find out in the explosive new cinematic film, Mortal Kombat, inspired by the blockbuster video game franchise in theaters and on HBO Max for a limited time. Sign up for HBO Max at hbom.ax slash kfmb, or just click the link in the description if you want to watch and go do that, and you sign up and you watch Mortal Kombat. I'll read it again for you. hbom.ax slash kfmb, or just on YouTube. Go to click a link. You're in a car right now. You weren't going to remember the URL anyway. You just go to youtube.com slash kind of funny and then you look at the, you click on the video and then you click on the link and it's done, right, Kevin? Yep. Wow. What's interesting, Joey? 
Oh, I I feel like I'm so interested in the animation process for this scene specifically, or like any time, especially when the they're figuring out the puppeting of it, because it seems like with animation, you work so hard to like have it seem natural and like normal human movements that to do it where it's so disjointed and stuff like oh, that I mean, would be really hard. You got to imagine that the making of is the animators in rooms with all the mirrors and the cameras recording themselves. And they're like, they're puppeting <laughs> themselves and trying to like, how to, how would I act? Were I being, yeah. if I were being controlled by a rat sort of thing? Yeah. I, I love the, <laughs> I love that sentence you just yeah. said. <laughs> uh, getting back to it later. Uh, shoo, the next day, Linguini. Uh, succeeds in recreating his accidental success, as Skinner refers to it. But Skinner once again puts Colette in charge of him, and she lays down the fucking law, uh, which uh, for him. While Skinner takes a meeting to turn uh, to turn Gusto's fine dining name into a cheap global brand like Toothpicking Chicken and a bunch of other uh, uh, brands that are basically just like what, like uh, sold in supermarkets and things like that. That must have I been do wanna... really fun being in that writer's oh, room trying so to think fun. of <laughs> little things to do. How, how have we not committed to calling mini corn dogs corn dog pup or corn, corn puppies? How have we not <laughs> done this know. and how did we not think about this until this movie? I'm That's a really great question, Joey. It's so good. We all got to look, we got to all look inside ourselves for that one. We have uh, to commit wait, to it. I, I have a quick question. So, he, they hadn't started doing this like that there wasn't like I, a branch that because i thought that that was an well, ongoing e- Ego thing makes a they, reference to it where he says what what new sort of frozen dinner had. shit is he going to yeah. do now so i think they had been doing it for a while they they okay. had because they talk one, about they, it at the end yeah. yeah at the end they do mention that they shut the whole thing down which right? seems they shut down the frozen financially like a bad decision just saying. Yeah, you think maybe you could keep that going and just get a PR right? firm to come kind of clean that up a little bit. Hey, the physical location's gone. We don't have a rat problem anymore. Get some good good toothpick and chicken or whatever it's called yeah. and call it that. I mean, uh, the amount of stories I hear about Tyson chicken having like fucking rodent meat and, and kangaroo meat or whatever. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'll forget. Kangaroo it's not going to scare me off. Don't tell me that. Not going to scare me off. I made all that up. Uh... But then that letter from Linguini's mom throws a wench into the works when Skinner discovers it contains Gusto's will uh, dictating that his heir will inherit the restaurant should uh, they appear within two years of his death. If no one shows up, Skinner gets the restaurant because he is the sous chef. Uh, I know it is very arbitrary. You'd think like maybe I guess two years is that's a good enough time for people to figure it out. But but also like what was Gusto doing out there that he's like, I probably got an heir somewhere. So I've been just out there beating the streets at night, just laying it down, if you know what I mean, Tim. Because guess what? What he really means by anyone can cook is that anyone can fuck. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Jesus, Nick. That's a good point, though. Anyone can fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, this has been in review. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, Andy, make a note. Cut that. Cut that part out for the next. Uh, yeah, for, for I the kids. There you go. Uh, <laughs> Skinner tells uh, Skinner's lawyer tells him to chill. He says, "Listen, he found he finds a, a strand of Gusto's hair and decides to do a DNA test." While Skinner placates Linguini, he says, "Keep him close." 
Uh, Colette uh, puts Remy through the paces. He says, keep your station clean or I'll kill you. Keep your arms in and your sleeves clean. Uh, so she uh, she also uh, tells him to follow the recipe and never do anything unexpected. That's a big thing for her. She plays by the rules here because it's been a really hard row, uh, road for her to get here and she doesn't want to screw anything up. Uh, she also tells him about all the other chefs. We get a fun little montage of all the chefs, including Horst, played by Will Arnett, who, quote, I robbed the second largest bank in France using only a ballpoint pen. Which always gets me. And then he killed someone with, with, this, with this thumb. Uh, <laughs> with a fucking pencil. <laughs> a John Wick. Uh, she also tells him about all, excuse me, Remy thanks Colette for all of uh, the advice. And in return, she thanks him for taking it. And it's a sweet little soft moment, which is good. Uh, Skinner, once again, thinks he spots Remy. But Linguini pulls a fast one on them. On him. Uh, and then someone asks for something new. And then everyone freaks out. It's like one of the people in the guest in the dining room wants something new. They all want Linguini to make it because his soup was the thing that put him back on the map. So Skinner gets a great idea. I'm going to task Linguini with making sweet bread a la gusto, which was a disaster of a recipe. And when it goes south, everyone's going to blame Linguini for it. And I can fire this little shit. Uh, Colette wants to go by the book, but Remy has other ideas and starts putting his own little twist on it. Of course, Colette pleads with him to stop, and they all they get into a little bit of a physical confrontation here, which ends with uh, Remy getting the last word and, like, stopping her from putting her sauce on it as he puts his own sauce on it, and the dish goes out. Of course, everyone waits with bated breath to see how it goes, and it's great. The guests love it, and the waiter comes back in and order and says, everyone wants a bunch more, and it's right here that I realize this waiter is John Ratzenberg, and it's great. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, harder to notice ones for sure. Yeah, for that's sure. a little harder. But everyone does such a good French accent in this. I didn't know that Colette was uh, Janine Garofalo. Everybody, this is the first time in recorded interview history that Nick Scarpino saying good accents and wow. across the board, oh. you're just like throwing it out willy nilly. I mean, I, hey, listen, I, I get you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, this movie t- teaches you a lot of things about life. One of which is when people do good accents and you can't see their faces because they're cartoons, then <laughs> you forget that it's them. And maybe just maybe you've been a little too harsh on people over the years with their accents. I always also, knew. I always don't... knew it was going to take Janine Garofalo to oh. turn you right, Nick. Janine Garofalo. I mean, she's the goat. <laughs> what one thing? I would have. I would have sang the theme song, Tim, but. You know, it, it that was like three months ago. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, uh, even Colette. Brad Garrett being Gusto, like, doesn't sound like really him. And I feel like too, he has yeah. such Ray, like a Ray, distinct Brad voice. Ray. <laughs> Why are you doing that do voice? Ray... That's not even close. <laughs> Ray, I was trying to do my my Ray Romano impersonation the other day, and I forgot uh, Brad Gilbert's character's name in. Everybody loves Raymond. I forgot like the brother's name, and even right now I'm forgetting. Oh, Robert! <laughs> but I, I was like, "Hey, uh, brother!" <laughs> Why is it perfect? <laughs> I just called him brother. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, pardon me. Uh, the chefs, of course, drink to the successful night, and Skinner once again spots Remy. But after unsuccessfully trying to snatch. The hat off of Linguini's head. Uh, he invites the young kid into his office to have a drink with him so he can ply him for uh, for information and also maybe a little bit of that good old-fashioned DNA. Uh, Remy takes a break yeah. out back and spots. What's up? <laughs> the way I phrased it, is that what you're the, saying? Yeah, the DNA. Ply him for his DNA. Yeah. 
hey man listen that's just i didn't write this movie yeah. uh remy takes a breakout back and spots emil who's overjoyed to learn that his family is still alive when he spots emil eating when he when he catches me eating some something some sort of a candy wrapper or something he's like listen i'm gonna sneak into the kitchen and give you some food from gusto's uh but the ghost of gusto is like one, once again appears to shame he's like why are you stealing um and he's like and, and then to which remy goes listen motherfucker i just brought your restaurant back from obscurity and they're not paying me no one's feeding me i'm not getting a living wage and apparently this whole any anyone can cook shit is just for humans so let me have a little nibble of cheese i'm just the fr- i'm just the right a lonely lonely rat <laughs> emil wants emmy to come back with them to uh remy to come back with them to the colony uh so remy reluctantly agrees uh, over in the office, Skinner is grilling linguine on rats, which makes him think of the dish rat tattooey, which sounds gross when you start thinking about it, right? Because rats are gross. Why would they name it that? Well, but he's tattoo-y. so drunk in this. He's hammered. <laughs> uh, Remy returns to the colony and everyone celebrates, including his dad, but then who he immediately starts guilting him. Uh, but it doesn't matter because the important thing is that you're home now. But Remy's like, well, I'm not exactly staying. I got a nice place real near nearby so I can come visit whenever you want. And he goes, you didn't think I was going to stay here forever, did you? Eventually, a, a bird has to leave its nest. And he says, we're not birds, we're rats. I also want to give a <laughs> shout out to Brian Dennehy, which I think is the is uh, oh, I think nice. he plays this character, who I love. He's great. You'll, you'll of course, remember him Tommy from his classic boy. role as Tommy Boy's dad. Mm. Oh. Uh, Tommy man. Tommy, big Tom, big Tom. That's all I got for you guys today. Like, I know that this is bottom of the barrel, but I'm just going to keep shooting them, okay? I mean, you don't got to point it out, Tim. Let's see. So Remy's dad takes him. He's like, let's go for a little walk so I can show you what your all your friends over there uh, on on the human streets are really talking about here. Of course, Remy's like, Remy's like, listen, I'm tired of taking. I want to give back. Uh, and humans aren't as bad as you, as you make them out to be. He's like, really? Let's go check it out. And he takes me to the exterminator. He's like, these people are monsters. They'll kill you at the first sight. Don't trust them. And he goes, we look out for our own kind. We're all we've got. This is the way things are. You can't change nature. But Remy rejects that notion. He says, change is nature. And it all starts when we decide. And then, of course... Uh, his dad goes, where are you going? And he says, with luck, forward, and walks away. But yeah. Remy gets the bright idea to just march out of the sewer and into the kitchen where he finds Linguini sleeping off a long night of cleaning. Uh, Colette comes in to find Remy driving with nobody home. Uh, the lights are on, but no one's home here. So she takes Linguini's sleepiness for ego, and it breaks her heart where she slaps him awake. Says, I don't have, uh, I don't have to help you, but I wanted to see you succeed. I liked you. Uh, then Linguini decides to come clean and show her Remy. But... Remy's like, this is a bad idea. So when he tries to do it, Remy pilots the machine forward, uh, making them get a little smoochy smoochy and revealing smoochy, that, in smoochy. fact, they are, in fact, in love with weird, each other. Weird scene, though, with her pulling out the pepper spray and, like, going to attack, like, you defend herself. Colette then- is no, not fucking around here, dude. These are the hard-hitting streets of Paris. What you don't see is how many... How nope. much of just a fucking scummy away. place this Paris is, man. I'll tell you what. You think it's all lights and and, 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 and crime, fashion? And cl- it is fucking crime, Joey. Yeah. That's why I say only ever go to Italy. Leave France to the rats. I thought you were going to say <laughs> That's what Paris. Nick always says. He's right. He does always say that. <laughs> Leave France to the rats. <laughs> oh, man. I say some weird shit on this. Anyway, yeah. over at Anton. Today, guys. Wait, I'm having a great time, guys. I absolutely love hanging out with you guys and talking about this movie. Over at Anton Ego's house, one of Ego's assistant tells him that Gusto's is back. Skinner, of course, uh, gets some bad news, too. Linguini is Gusto's real son. He's like, damn it, I knew it. Uh, then 
Colette and Linguini fall for each other, and soon Remy is left behind to seek refuge once again in the sewers by himself. Remy returns to the restaurant and finds Emil and some of his friends waiting for him. They want him to raid the kitchen and steal all that food. And man, this part, this hits, man. When you got a group of friends out there, they're like, dude, just do the thing. You're like, I don't want to do the yeah. thing. Yeah, and they're yeah, like, man. dude, come on, just do the thing. You can just be do the cool, thing. And you're like, be oh, cool. No. Just call in, dude. Just call in. Just call work. in. And you're like, no, I got to be responsible. You're um, uh, once again, of course, the ghost of Gusto appears and tells him that stealing is bad. Anyone can cook, but not everyone deserves to eat, apparently. Uh, Remy <laughs> finds his will. I know. I know. There's the some whole stealing in this movie that I didn't realize. <laughs> a lot, man. Gusto. Uh, I really like this, man. Let's talk about your past, Gusto. How many illegitimate children do you have that are vying for the throne of this three-star restaurant that you've left us? You freaking cad. Um... Once again, <laughs> Remy finds his. I don't know why I keep lamenting on that one. Remy finds his will and puts two and two together. That Linguini. Uh, sorry, once again. Yeah, no, no. Remy finds his will, finds two and two, and puts them together. That Linguini is the rightful owner of the restaurant, but Skinner interrupts. So Remy grabs the documents and jets. A chase ensues. Pieces another, the fuck out. Just yeah. bounces. And this is a really creative, cool scene where at the very, very end of it, Remy uses the papers as wings to catch air and fly from boat to boat to get it, away. It's one of those things that, you know, we're used to in scary movies getting yelling at the person why would you run upstairs that sort of thing whenever there's a chase scene especially in this case where remy is a fucking tiny little rat like run why would you not go into a sewer and just stop there or just like it's always like the idea that the the person being pursued has to keep on running for like just Mm -hmm. run run to the side and just like hide there and like like there was that middle kind of but, but there was also that uh, – what's that called, the, the road where you go roundabout. around it? It's a roundabout. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. that sort of pillar in the middle of the roundabout. Like, just hide behind the other side of it. And fucking homeboy would have been – Skinner was, like, looking around like, oh, I guess he's gone. But you have to keep on running. Got to keep your uh, – but shout out to Skinner's athleticism. Good Dude, lord. He's a, he's he was – you didn't know, but a Skinner Olympian. Skinner Four showed that he's, got, that he's got the agility to sort of be a pro athlete. Good Did you say pole vaulting, Nick? Yeah, he was an Olympic pole vaulter. That's what he used to do. Wow. Is that are, are pole vaulters known for being speedy? Uh, no, Joe. Sure. Again, to Tim's earlier point, they can't all be gold. Okay, y'all don't have to sit here and lament <laughs> on the bad jokes. Well, let's just let's just let's just shine a light on the good ones and let the. Uh, the other ones fall by the wayside. Anyway, uh, uh, Skinner returns to find Linguini in his office, or should I say, Tim Linguini's office? Because it turns mm-hmm. out Remy gave him the will, and Colette's like, "Get out! This ain't yours anymore." And then things start going pretty darn great, but Remy is still forced to steal food. Skinner spies on Linguini, who has now become a superstar in the French culinary industry. At a press conference, Linguini tells. He, uh, they, they ask him, what is, what is the truth behind what's going on? He goes, well, the truth about what's happening is here. I am Gusto's son. And Remy's like, motherfucker, this, uh, there's only so much of this that I can take before I'm about to break. Uh, Skinner. I'm a little rat and I cook. God, I'm about to break. <laughs> Anyone can cook. Break. Anyone can cook. <laughs> <laughs> you redeemed Shut yourself up, with that one, Tim. for you. <laughs> Someone please make that music video. Uh, Skinner calls a tip into the health inspector, but things in France work a little slower than here in the United States. And he goes, I'll be there in about three months. Then Ego bursts in and interrupts the press conference to let uh, Linguini know that he will be returning tomorrow night and he expects to be wowed. Uh, Remy and Linguini argue. So Linguini 
puts him outside where Skinner spots him. Uh, Hurt, of course, Romina invites the whole. He's like, you know what? Everyone, I was wrong. Everyone come in here. Have at it with the walk-in fridge. And then Linguini This is finds, the scene where it's so sad when they're like fighting and stuff like that. And it's really heartbreaking every I time. I don't like it. Uh, of course, Linguini realizes the error of his way. He realizes he's been an egotistical uh, POS and comes back to apologize. Uh, and I, I love that all the rats hide in the dark squares of the tile. Right. And one of them's right. tail is taken so out and he like, pulls it back. Super but, cute. But before that, though, I did want to point out that can you imagine being Skinner and having what you think are possibly hallucinations, hallucinations <laughs> of Linguini with a rat? And then you go back to see him, and he's like, oh, I just dropped my keys. And there are several moments of that. And Skinner's slowly going fucking psychotic, right? He's like, there's got to be this fucking rat. I swear there's a goddamn rat. And then the the food inspector's like, oh, by the way, there was a rat here in the thing. Yeah. Holy shit. There's no way this is possibly becoming true. It's and like then to get gaslighting. <laughs> and then to get fired, right, Joe? Mm-hmm. And then he's spying on the restaurant, and then he sees Linguini talking to a rat and be like, holy shit, it was, I was right. Like, but I not only that, he goes from... It's from like I suspicious to it was the rat that cooked everything yeah. very fast. I was like, all right, all yeah. right, that's is this an established like, thing in the Pixar universes that like secretly rats can cook and he just pieced it all together because that I is mean, kind of like a big leap in logic. Nanobiologist Pixar theory: rats what? they cook, rats can cook, anyone can cook. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do it now. I'll, I'll do okay. the Pixar theory with the nanobiologist. There's a recurring theory. That every single Pixar movie is connected in some way. Here's the big deep dive red string everywhere theory for where Ratatouille fits into the big picture. We covered a lot about how the emotions, about emotions and how they've affected the evolution of animals. Ratatouille is very interesting as it shows that one, animals beyond fish and bugs are also very intelligent. Two, they're not acting as themselves. And three, they can easily communicate with humans. Now, there isn't too much setup here beyond how, uh, beyond the world of how intelligent other life is starting to spread. Uh, nobody notices mice are acting strangely. It'd have to leak by Skinner, the health inspector, any of the chefs who left. What if it leaks to a mad explorer one day, setting off more catalysts for the rest of the universe? It's the future spoiler there talking about a movie. Certain direction. Up. It doesn't go down. Thank you very much. Uh, And also a fun theory that sadly got disproven. (laughs) <laughs> by uh, by Brad Bird, uh, but like, but fans like to believe that the old lady's house the rats live in is Ego's mother's house. There's a lot of cookware that lines up, but it ended up being a reused set because of a very short turnaround when he took over. It's a bummer. So, yeah. No. So was that actually Doug though in the the shadow? Definitely. Okay. Cool. I just like. Just but was it the same yeah. Doug? I mean, no, probably not. But what's the uh uh. Pixar got bought by Disney. They started putting Easter eggs, teasing upcoming movies got going it. forward. Remember, like when De- when uh, in in Halo ODST, when they had the the homage to Destiny, and Destiny wouldn't come out for another like five six years. Wild seven year plan, wild. baby. Seven Crazy. year plan. <laughs> seven Back year to the plot. Nick Scarpino. Anyone can cook. Anyone can cook. Uh, Linguini. Comes back to apologize. I never disappointed anyone before because no one's ever expected anything of me. And the only reason anyone expects anything from me now is because of you. You've never let me down, little chef. And then, of course, Emil's fat ass just fucking completely ruins the entire thing (laughs) by spitting spitting, uh, (laughs) grapes all over the place. I Uh, love you can see them all in his stomach as he's eating them. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> and then uh, Linguini kicks them all out and says, Remy, if you return, I'm going to come back and kill all of your family. Uh, Remy tells his dad, he was like, you were right, and walks away defeated. Uh, that night, Linguini has a bad dream about Ego and then tries to give a speech, but, but he sucks so bad that Colette has to step in and rally the troops. Remy watches from the outside, but when Emil distracts him, Skinner seizes the opportunity and traps Remy to do his bidding. He's like, you're going to come up with all sorts of cool frozen dinners for me. And he's like, I don't know if he knows about me, bro. Frozen dinners, not my specialty. Uh, Ego arrives and is a dick while over in Skinner's trunk, Remy argues with the ghost of Gusto. And he's like, listen, I'm sick of pretending, man. I, I pretend to be a rat for my father. I pretend to be a human through Linguini. I pretend you exist so I'll have someone to talk to. And you only tell me stuff I already know. I know who I am. Why do I need to pretend? And then Gusto says, ah, but you never did. And then disappears because the poison from the cheese has finally worn off. Finally. Then the old man finally uh, ascends. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Remy races. Remy's dad and Emil break him out with a brick. And then Remy races back to the restaurant. But when his father asks what he's doing, he says, uh, going back to the restaurant, they'll fail without me. And he says, why do you care? And Remy loudly proclaims, because I am a cook. Of course, they try to stop him before he races I'm lonely, in. Lonely cook. I'm just a cook. <laughs> just a cook. <sighs> they try to stop him, but he races in anyway. Much to the horror of the staff, who all grab cleavers. Thankfully, Linguini finally mans up and tells them the truth. This rat, he's the cook, the real cook. And the fucking quitters peace out on him. And they dude. just fucking they quitters. reward him. When Colette walked out, I was like never get back with her then she walked back yeah. in and i was like all right i uh, she, cool. she had a she moment cool, cool, cool. she had a moment you know yeah. uh, of course sometimes. as everyone as everyone leaves he is screwed he stares out into the dining room and ego's table is just dead on staring at the door uh the food comes out of into the kitchen and it's really really scary he's waiting for his mice colette races away on her motorcycle but when she almost gets struck by a truck uh, she comes to a screeching halt near the window of a local bookstore that just so happens to be selling tim Anyone rats. can cook. <laughs> rats, yes. The bookstore oh. is selling rats. <laughs> uh, she sees the book, Anyone Can Cook, and goes, you know what? Maybe I'll give him another shot. Uh, Remy's dad apologizes, comes over and apologizes. Says, I was wrong about your friend and about you. This really means that much to you, huh? And then Remy nods. So his dad calls in reinforcements. The entire colony comes in right as the health inspector opens the door. And everything with the health inspector in this is gold. This is comic gold. Because his dad's like, go get him. And they just chase after him. And this the shot of all the rats on his car is terrifying. And yeah. then the car crashes. And then just the right time later, I forget what it is. I don't think I put a note here. They just can walk back in with him tied up and throw his ass into the, yeah. the pantry. <laughs> so unnecessary. Uh, I also uh, love the shot of them washing all of the rats and stuff like that. So they can. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, we're, we're right there. So uh, Linguini decides. Uh, yeah. to, to go serve instead of cooking uh, while Remy let Remy handle the whole situation and then Remy then puts them all he's like you guys are dirty he sees a sign that's like wash your hands and he goes he puts them all through the dishwasher and they're all like fluffy and clean and then he starts doling out the responsibilities he's like let's go uh, Colette comes back and immediately almost throws up but when Linguini spots her she says don't say a word if I think about this I might change my mind just tell, tell me what the rat wants to cook and then of course Remy only has one dish in mind ratatouille uh, Colette starts to make the dish, but Remy stops her. And she goes, well, how do you want to prepare it? So he shows her. Uh, with the meal plated and ready, Linguini places it on the table in front of Ego. And the old critic picks up a pen and clicks it with a little snarkiness. 
And then he takes a bite. And as the food touches his lips, he is immediately transported back to the memory of coming home with a hurt knee as a child and having his mom make him a fresh plate of ratatouille. And it makes him feel better. And this is the best scene in any Pixar movie, I think. It's so <laughs> I say that it's everyone, great. I know. I say that there's a scene in every Pixar movie where I say it's the best scene. This is so well done. This and is it's so, so good. He's just the emotion in just this one moment, and then of course it makes him drop the pen is so beautifully done. And then Skinner's like, Jesus, it can't possibly be that good. And he tries it and he has the same emotion. <laughs> you just don't see yeah. what he's thinking about. It's really wonderful. To really give um, credit to the scene, like I feel like it is so obvious and so there's nothing that's creative about it. There's nothing that's just like, oh, that did something I didn't expect. It's just is the exact right thing for them to do. Perfect. And it feels so absolutely earned. And like him being the villain of this movie to have this kind of turning point and the way that they showed it and how yeah, for it him was to be from like a the Ratatouille. It's, for yeah, him to be like totally. his gatekeeper, you know, I, I love that whole that whole idea. But yeah, Tim, it comes down to to execution and they could have mm -hmm. messed it up. They could have tried to portray the same scene and just not done it as good for whatever reason. But for whatever reason, the shots, the animation, the music, the sort of vintage look over the old thing, the way he looks at his mom as a kid, just beautiful, dude. It, it just really, to me, it was like it was an underhand pitch and they just yeah knocked, knocked it. it the fuck out yeah it really did um of course skinner's like what the hell's going on and he runs into the kitchen and he spots all of the rats cooking and then they immediately tie him up and throw his ass in the pantry with the uh with the health inspector <laughs> um ego wants to meet the chef so colette comes out and tells him listen if you want to meet the chef you can but you have to stay until everyone has left to which he replies very well and then they take him in and they show him Remy and run him through uh, the, the whole act of Remy cooking the ratatouille and showing him what's going on. And the whole time, he doesn't say a word. He just waits for them to finish and walks out. And then the next day, Ego's review appears in the paper. And it says, quote, to say that the meal and its maker uh, has challenged my, preconceived, uh, my, my preconceptions about fine cooking is a gross understatement. They have rocked me to my core. In the past, I have uh, made not a secret of my disdain for Chef Gusto's motto, anyone can cook, but I realize only now that I that do I truly understand what he meant. Not everyone can become a great artist, but a great artist can come from anywhere. Uh, and he tell, he labels Remy nothing less than the finest chef in all of France. But unfortunately, that's not good enough because evidently they had to let Skinner and the health inspector out. I always thought they should just eat him alive. Problem solved. But uh, apparently that's a little yeah. too rated R for a movie about, uh, about <laughs> you know, about a rat that can cook. <laughs> So unfortunately, um, word got out that they had rats and they had to shut down the restaurant forever. But there is a silver lining, especially for Ego, who which lost all like of his the, credit. Which is like the most realistic thing about the movie. I, I, know. I love, <laughs> I love them doing that angle because, like, of course not. How could it pop? How could you kidnap people and everything go yeah. okay? So I, I love that sort of immediate twist of being like. Yeah, we shut it down. I mean, like, yeah. why, why would it, it stay open? <laughs> and unfortunately, once word got out that there were rats there, Ego lost all of his credibility. But don't feel bad for him. He's doing very, very well, as they say, as a small business investor in Remy's new restaurant, La Ratatouille. La Ratatouille. And that is the end. And that is the end. Andy, hit me with some haiku and review. Oh, shoot. I'm a freak. Hold on. Bow, bow, bow. Seven syllables in the middle. You need five for the first and last line. If you're not poetic, no need to fret it. Haikus don't need to rhyme. Haiku in review. Haiku in review.
Wow. You can go to patreon.com slash Oh, Owen. What's that? <laughs> Is Owen here? I just wanted to do it. I, was, I realized that my my uh, special effects like channel was unmuted. I was like, oh, I got to got do it. Give me one more. Give me one more. It's not doing it. It's just not doing it at all now. I don't know what happened. <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash kind of funny to write your review in haiku form, just like Lee Polero did. Anyone can cook. <laughs> Ego doesn't think that's true. Remy proves him wrong. Uh, miscellaneous comes in. No, no, actually, sorry. Corbin 12 comes in saying Skinner so screwy. Ego's here now. Oh, fooey. <laughs> Wait. Ratatouille. <laughs> I like oh, that you're discovering you me... can make it rhyme at the end. Yeah, he gave me he gave me a pronunciation for his last name. It's Tool. So Corbin Tool. Sorry about that. Uh, but, yo, I want to give extra credit to, to Corbin here for using fooey. <laughs> the word fooey. Wow. Wow. Uh, and then, of course, miscellaneous coming in with the plot and review. Andy, I'm sorry. Tim had no haiku from me for Sam and Fucky. But now I am back, and life's hard if you're a rat. No clue where he's at. Remy took a look, proved the teachings from the book. Anyone can cook. Ah, there it is. So the That's truth unfolds, and Linguini takes control. Now Anton's the goal. Remy, joined by Kin, and Ego's impressed by him. Ratatouille. Finn. That was good. Wow. Miscellaneous coming. To- oh, there we, there we go. There we go. There, there it is. Go. Uh, Owen wow. loved it. Wow. Wow. You're so dominant. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. I didn't like that one at all. That's from, uh, that, that's from uh, oh, what is that from? When the mom is like flirting with him and stuff. <laughs> yes. Wow. You're so dominant. Wow. Wow. Hit me with the ragu bagu, please. Oh, right. I forgot. I forgot we do that too. Here we go. Ragu. Bagu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Rad Guys Talk. Bad Guys here for the Pixar in review universe. Uh, number one on the list is Lotsa from Toy Story 3. Number two is Prospector slash Owl from Toy Story 2. Number three is Noosewater and Randall from Monsters, Inc. Four is Hopper from Ants. Five is Syndrome from Incredibles. Six is Darla and the Barracuda and Marlon and everyone else from Finding Nemo. Seven is Woody and Sid from Toy Story 1. Eight is Gabby from Toy Story 4. And of course, writing out the list, Chick and Hubris from Cars. Where do we want to put Skinner and Ego? I could have done with a lot more Ego. I feel like there wasn't enough of him for me to say that he's like one of the top tier villains. Mm-hmm. No, um, I mean, he's definitely not one of the top tier villains, though, right? So, yeah. He only really comes like, in like what, halfway through the movie? If, yeah. yeah. So Skinner, I, I, I do like Skinner's sort of angle. Um, trying to, you know, be the, you know, fuck making this restaurant good again. I'm just trying to get the easy dollar. I get it. He, he got the yeah. bad hand, right? He was like, I've inherited this, this lemon and I got to turn it into lemonade. The best way it's to do business. it yeah. is just to, to franchise it out or brand you know it out. What it is? I totally Nick, understand that. You know what it is? It's major league where the owner, she's trying to make the team. Yes, exactly. The team to tank. Yeah. And then of course this, this dumbass from, from Kansas city comes in and, and just steals the restaurant right out from underneath him. I sympathize, man. Mm-hmm. I think Skinner got a bad rap in this movie. <laughs> yeah. But having said that, Nick, uh, I feel like Skinner's character is it works. It's oh, just totally not works. that interesting. To me, and it's just like the it's pretty kind of one just, oh, dimensional. You're, yeah, you're a bad guy, which 
provides some pretty funny bits and like some like fun scenes. Right. Uh, but when we're comparing it like on this list, I would probably put it either above or below Hopper from A Bug's Life. That's exactly. I'm probably gonna, gonna go. I would. I would probably argue for above just because I also am including Anton Ego in that. And mm-hmm. while he didn't have too much going on, the the He's moment so just worked good. so well. That moment him. is that's true. <laughs> and it's also shout out to Peter Tool who plays his. Uh, who plays yeah. that character? So I, I, I would the, go below uh, Hopper. I just I think yeah. again, spacey, awful human sure. being, right? But the performance sure. was fantastic, Solid and the whole like you know fucking working class shit. I just really enjoyed that whole part of of his evil nature. You know, I'm, I'm kind of with Tim though because I think like the ego character is so insufferably like droll and lifeless until that moment and it makes that moment hit so beautifully because of how well that character is set up and i know it's like i know it's not he's not prevalent as the antagonist for the movie but man it's it, he's so perfectly utilized i would it. like to see him hang out with Gru from the uh despicable, despicable me. me his name he'd be like, he'd be like hey yeah. steve carell yeah, why are you doing so that similar. accent they that's a so good call there's, there's a perfect example of an accent that doesn't work in an animated series i don't know i think it's kind of fun um i have a question is uh marlin and darla and stuff the one that's underneath hopper they're under syndrome no syndrome is under. Oh. it goes it goes hopper syndrome darla and the barracuda i think because i would probably put it in between syndrome and darla personally who thinks okay. it's better who thinks it's better than darla and the barracuda raise your hands i would say that. who thinks he's better than syndrome from the incredibles well there you go the new list, ladies and gentlemen, number one, Lotsa, number two, Prospecta, number three, Newswater, number four, oh, Hopper, number five, Syndrome, number six, Ego and Skinner, number seven, Darla and the Barracuda. I think I got that right. Yes, I did. Darla Eight, Woody and Sid. It's a fucking badass name for a band. It is a band called Darla time. and the Barracuda. Fucking time. Uh, Woody uh, and Sid, Gabby, and then Chicken Hubris. There you go. Now it is time to rank the Pixar movies currently number one. We have Monsters, Inc. Number two, we have Finding Nemo. Number three, we have The Incredibles. Number four, Toy Story 3. Number five, Toy Story 2. Number six, Toy Story 4. Number seven, Toy Story. Number eight, Cars. And number nine, A Bug's Life. Uh, I'm going to start it off. I I said this earlier, but I I put this on the lower side for me. So I am going to actually put it at number nine, above A Bug's Life. Still think it's a fantastic movie, but we're just dealing with really good stuff here. Uh, I'd like to, I think I, I kind of agree with Tim where it's like, it's a really good movie, but it's just this fucking list is really, really tough. I would actually put it number eight. Above cars. Above cars. I might be persuaded to put it above Toy Story. No, no, cars. Above cars is perfect. Yeah. I said um, no, Andy. I was wrong. Yeah. I made a mistake. Um, <laughs> yeah, this reminds me a bit of uh, of Cars. Honestly, when we when we want those really emotionally resonant moments, and the ones that are going to make me cry, and uh, I, again, ranking these movies just seems absolutely impossible, and I don't think we should. Um, from here on out, I think we should just. Is Andy of, canceling a show? I'm Andy of the show right now. <laughs> Uh, I, I would put this in the same spot that, that Tim would right below cars. Um, I think a bug's life is a bit more entertaining for me just because I do enjoy the cast of characters, how silly, you know, just hearing these different actors voice 
you know, I, I'm really blanking on whoever the ladybug was. Um, Dennis. Leary. Oh, Dennis Leary. Leary yeah. 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 I'm just thinking of that fun cast of characters and how much I enjoyed them and, and laughing at those moments. But I do think this is a better put together movie front to back. So I would put this below cars as well. Here is the struggle with this list in general, mm. because I mm. agree that I think that this is like probably right underneath cars. But I would also I also think cars is too low. Welcome to so interviews, I, Joe. I know. <laughs> it's like, I like this movie more, but no way should Spider-Man be number three, you know? Yeah, because my my heart go. says gut instinct. <laughs> I want to put this at six, but then I also would want to bring cars up to be above that. So that really puts it at seven. Mm. So I would put mm. it above Toy Story 4 because I really like this movie. Um, but that's my internal struggle because I don't really think it should be above Cars because I think Cars is better. So I guess I'm also I'm going to say one through nine. 20 are probably going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I guess I also agree begrudgingly. Uh, I would put it a touch above Cars. I would put it uh, right underneath Toy Story. Yeah. I think. I think it's a really good movie. I think. I just think it 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 etches out Cars a little bit more because I think from start to finish it's a little bit more complete. And uh, Cars to me, I think the first it doesn't really get revving up its engine uh. until uh, <laughs> you know twenty thirty minutes in. Wow. wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, last week I I actually really enjoyed Cars. I didn't think I was going to, but Rat Two I think for me has just that one wonderful moment, and that that just that ekes ekes out the win for me. Wow, you're so dominant. So, <laughs> God, so dirty. Awesome, uh, now let's do the vote. Who thinks it's better than a Bug's Life? Raise your hand. We all raise our hand. Who thinks it's better than Cars? Raise your hand. I'm actually going to say, yes, I do think it's better than Cars. Everyone but me. Who thinks it's better than Toy Story 1? Joey do, is the lone wolf. I know. Going on record. Which now puts it at number one, Monsters, Inc. Number two, Finding Nemo. Number three, The Incredibles. Number four, Toy Story 3. Number five, Toy Story 2. Number six, Toy Story 4. Number seven, Toy Story. Number eight, Rat Tat Tui. Number nine, Cars. And number 10, A Bug's Life. Uh, we're going to return next week with Wally, another movie I've never Wally. seen. Very, You've very never seen this? this. Never. Ne- I've seen bits. I've seen pieces. Up. I've probably seen the whole thing somehow, but I've, I've only never seen, seen it, it once. As a piece, man. Dude, this is going to blow your mind, Tim. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait. Fucking crazy. I can't wait. Uh, but until then. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Anyone can cook. <laughs> Anyone can cook. Wow. <laughs>